Hello world and welcome to another episode of the one and only true gadget cast. I am Gregory McFadden, joined by the only co-host of Gadget Cast, Travis MCP. That's right, because here's the thing. Let's be super clear about this. There's only one. <laughs> there is only one. One gadget cast. There's a story behind this. We should probably uh we should probably talk about it because people are like, well, yeah, of course there's only one. Well, yes and no. So it, let's talk about the story of the name of our podcast. Uh, the name of the podcast. Yes. Gadget. You basically kind of came up with it, to be honest. Well, you know, Travis and I were trying <clears> to think of a name for the podcast. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm Greg's Gadgets. Well, you know, Gadget Cast. And Travis liked the name. And it was like, okay, we did that. Yeah. Um, obviously, like like you do with most things, you, you search for the name to see if it's taken. And if you search GadgetCast, uh, it pretty much wasn't taken. And we couldn't find – there actually isn't a GadgetCast podcast out there, like specifically a GadgetCast podcast. Um, but apparently there was like a GadgetCast Facebook page, and it wasn't linked to any like podcast, which I thought was really weird. Uh, apparently <laughs> – I you, you found this, so I guess you, sh you should tell us part of the story. Yeah, so apparently a couple of years ago there was something called Gadget Cast, um, and I'm unsure if like it was a legit podcast. Or I, I, it's unclear, but um, I think I even remember when we were looking up Gadget Cast. I think I even saw uh, that there was some kind of Gadget Cast, but they hadn't posted in like five or six years. And I'm like, okay, well it's dead, so let's move on. And um, so we, you know, we decided to go with it's fine, whatever. Uh, and then yes, the other day on Twitter, I was just searching around. And I don't know why I Googled Gadget. I Googled us for some reason. I don't remember why. And then I saw that there was a new, there was a Gadget Cast episode that wasn't us. I'm like, did someone actually download our podcast and then replay it and make a new podcast? I'm like, that's dumb. I listened to it and no, that's not what happened. Back in December of 2019, which was only a couple of weeks, about a month ago, uh, a Gadget Cast resurfaced from somewhere and they said, <laughs> They said the one and only gadget cast. Uh, I hear there's another gadget cast, but they're not highly reviewed. Okay, first of all, we are highly reviewed. You just didn't know where to look. You just got to go to Apple. Oh, that that was where everyone. That was insulting. You said we weren't highly. That reviewed. one hurt you, I'm didn't like, it? That one hurt stars. you, didn't it? Five. We're, we're we're more reviewed than the other podcast feed where he said it was. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? So I was like, I had to DM. Greg this because I started listening and then I didn't finish the rest of the podcast because um and they were like we're going to be better than them I'm like okay so apparently they've taken like a five-year hiatus off they came back in December said they're going to be back better than ever and then they've never posted another podcast episode so it's like all right well I mean it was like a drive-by what just happened there <laughs> they drive by like dissing and then they <laughs> if, like, if okay whatever if you're on the oh. youtube live stream or twitter live stream whatever live stream you're watching this on i apologize i probably should have loaded this up into the soundboard i could have played it for everyone but uh you know go um go listen to the the podcast episode on your podcast client i'll i'll you want me to include what they said about us like yeah okay absolutely okay we'll, yes. we'll include what they said about us so if you so if you're listening to this on a live stream and you and you want to hear that part i'm gonna i'm gonna put it in right now and uh we talked about this earlier uh, I had done a, a, a search on uh, GadgetCast to see when the last time we had actually done a uh, an episode, and I came across another podcast with the name GadgetCast. So right. 
you know, we had thought about, you know, possible uh, name changes because that that gadget cast is not it doesn't seem to be highly reviewed. Okay, so do we change our name or do we just be better than them? Well, I think we'll be better than them. I think that's not. Yeah, that's not a question. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're all ready. So it's uh, yeah, I, I I'm fine with the same name. Um as another podcast, as long as that podcast is lame. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so Tish says something in the chat that you literally said to me in DM. She says, that's probably where the one star reading came I from. We so. talked about last week. <laughs> that's so. literally what Greg thinks. I think so. And, and, and now I'm less <laughs> upset. And that's, that's my story. I'm, I think they gave it the one star. Now that one star could have been there for a while. I didn't notice it, but it, it, cause it, it still shows our podcast as five stars. But if you look at like the bar graph, you can see like, a one-star rating in there, but there's so many five-stars it just outweighs it and it still gives us a five-star rating, but there, there's like a little like sliver like, <laughs> up on the one-star. So I'm like, oh, someone, someone gave us one-star. Could have been there. It, it doesn't bother me at all. So people, if you're trying to hate on me, I re- I don't care. I didn't even know that we had one or whatever. I didn't know. But here's the thing. Um, so we, if the other gadget cast is around and they actually are talking gadgets and they want to come on, just reach out to us and we'll... I don't know. It'd be fun to just say hi and interview you and see what the heck's going on. But at any rate, I thought that was funny. Yeah. So that was a cool, cool little thing. The, the Their whole yeah. uh, podcast thing is weird, too, because they're on some like almost like a podcast network that posts like, yeah. so many different shows. And I've like never seen anything like that before. But, but like, Did you Travis actually said, listen to them? I didn't listen to any other one. I did. I listened to like quite a bit of it just to see oh. like what it was all about. And, and yeah, should like, we go on there and see if we can get invited to it? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Funny if we were playing. Give it a I mean, we're actually a nice. We have a nice size audience now. We can yeah. literally go. By the way, we actually have an audience. I want to. I want to see if they actually post <clears throat> again. Like you know. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the episode, they go. Uh, well, maybe we'll be here next week. I guess. And then like they weren't there, so <laughs> they weren't there. Just, nope. We'll be back in five more years. Um, all types of crazy things going on. So before we get into like our main things, I want, there's a couple quick hits I wanted to do. Um, obviously we want to real quick say uh, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, uh, just mere hours before we went live here on the podcast. And for those of you listening later in the week on the audio, uh, you obviously already know about this, but just a couple of hours ago, we found out that Kobe Bryant and his daughter, um, were unfortunately, uh, killed in an, in an air a helicopter accident. And, um, you know, <clears throat> as a huge basketball fan growing up, um, you know, Kobe had just come into the league when I kind of just started stop watching basketball, but I always kept an eye on him. And, uh, you know, he was very Michael Jordan-esque in, uh, his play style. He was an amazing, amazing competitor and on the court, one of the best of all time. And, you know, his last year, he just did some crazy stuff. So as a basketball player, big salute. Um, and he was, uh, I guess with his daughter and stuff, which is terrible. Um, I mean, he was only 41, but for her to be 13, uh, that's, uh, it, it was depressing to be on Twitter for the last little while. Yeah. That, the whole part with, um, his <clears throat> daughter, like really got to me and that, that was really depressing. It was even, uh, you know, some initial reports were saying that like all of his daughters were on board, which I guess isn't true. Yeah. Like uh, I've been, uh, well, that brings up something uh, outside of like this tragedy <laughs> is the quick reporting by people with yeah. inaccurate information is horrendous it's it's this who can get it first type of narrative that happens across not just like normal um news reporting but also in tech sometimes you know very quick to report leaks and stuff and uh, we need to be really cognizant i'm pretty good about trying not i try to you know research as much as i can most of my stuff is is um 
you know, based on my opinions on something. So I'm not ever, I'm very rarely reporting news or anything like that. So I don't have to be too crazy about it. But anytime I try to go into something, I also try to research it somewhat to know that what I'm saying is true. So we have to be really like, I don't know, we really have to spend our time when we're trying to bring news or information. And you do a lot of tech stuff where you're actually giving out information, like tech information. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure you're right. Otherwise you look dumb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> there, there's a, uh, I mean, um, I mean, when when the news first broke, I saw so many people, you know, we live in this world where, yeah, it's it's the first report wins. And yeah. when when the reports first hit, it was just so many of the same thing of people going, I hope this isn't true because people are getting yeah. wise to this, that you, you almost can't even believe the first reports that come out. And, and so much of this information just seemed to be wrong. And and all all the initial reports knew was that it was his helicopter that crashed, but they didn't really know who was on board or anything like that. Yeah. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, misinformation out in the beginning, even like I said, like they at first they were reporting that, you know, it was with him and four of his daughters. Like, like and it's yeah, you have to be very careful when you report this information. And, and that's something I even I take seriously. And even even if I get something wrong, you know, commenting on, on something and even I feel bad. And this is so low stakes. You know, we're talking about technology yeah. and stuff like that at times. But even I feel bad. Um, I recently did a video where I, I did an iPhone 11 review and I, you know, I, I had like iPhone 10R on the brain and I said, oh, it, it has three gigabytes of RAM, but it, it comes with four gigabytes of mm. RAM. And then everyone in the mm. comments is like, it comes with four gigabytes of RAM. And you just, you, you just feel like an idiot and you try and get everything right. But it's, yeah. Yeah. You're bound to get something wrong and miss Always. something. Um, but I, that's why I call that's why I say my tech my stuff is perfectly imperfect. So <laughs> that's my yeah. excuse. You have, I you got have it wrong. Perfectly imperfect. Like You'll be all right. Um, but yeah, when it comes to stuff like this, you need to get it right the first time, but let's, let's kind of move aside from that before, um, before we get into, uh, the last couple of tech things here, I just got done watching on Amazon prime, which of course is tech based, you know, Amazon prime, just watched Amazon prime Super Size me Two. Now I watched and really enjoyed Super Size me about 12 years ago when it came out. And then I've watched a couple variation um, of that. Um, so Super Size Me was a documentary by Morgan Spurlock where he went and ate McDonald's straight for 30 days and saw the effects of his health, <clears throat> which of course you could have assumed were pretty bad. There were other types of documentaries that came out after that. Um, Super High Me, which was the guy who smoked weed for 30 days. And I don't know, that was kind of funny. And then there was another one, um, I forget what it was, but it was about how you could eat uh, McDonald's for 30 days and lose weight, which I thought was really cool. But this one is different. So this one's about him opening a fast food restaurant. And it was mainly like a chicken based chicken sandwich based fast food restaurant. Uh, it is a really good documentary. It brings up the amazing competitive nature of chicken in this country, which I was not aware of. And the fact that there's big chicken corporations that are out to like smash little farmers and stuff, which I was also not aware of. So you will learn a couple of things. Number one, it's entertaining documentary. Number two, you're going to learn things about chicken that you never knew before and the chicken industry. And number three, you might not want to eat chicken after you see this documentary. Impossible. Impossible. Oh, yes. You need to watch it. Chicken, so watch that. Chicken's so good. It would be impossible. Uh, and then last thing, <clears throat> Super Bowl, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, is either right around the corner or a couple days away uh, where you can stream it live. And this will be the first time the Super Bowl is available in 4K. Uh, streaming, which is awesome. Now you can stream it a lot of different ways, whether it be on a computer, phone, and everything. But here's what's interesting: of all the streaming pieces of hardware, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, uh, Apple TV 4K, 
The only one that I can tell that is not getting actual 4K HDR feed is the Apple TV 4K. And I don't know why, at least this is the report I just read. It's ridiculous. They're getting, S, they're getting SDR 1080p and they're going to upconvert it to 4K where everyone else is getting 4K HDR Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to pull out my Amazon Fire Stick or something and plug it into my TV to watch the Super Bowl. Huh. The most expensive box doesn't get the, yes. the 4K feed. And, and the box, I could probably do it the most justice the with, all the, with all the fancy uh, hardware chips it has inside of it. So it's here's the thing. I actually did of like VP nine though, right? They're probably using like, well, VP9. and that's the thing. If that, listen, Apple is making me upset about this because here's the thing I did a, um, a year and a half ago. I did a uh, comparison between the Roku fire TV and the uh, Apple TV 4k as like, which one's the best streaming one. And I, you know, I came away saying that <clears throat> while I like the Amazon one, the best, the one that had like the smoothest interface and everything. And to this day, the same. And the one that's in my main TV is my Apple TV 4k. However, I watch a lot of content on YouTube and it doesn't do YouTube 4k. And to Greg's point, the reason is because it doesn't support a specific codec that Google uses for 4K for YouTube. And A, that's infuriating. <laughs> and B, if that's now going now, so you kind of you kind of go, okay, well, that's just YouTube, no big deal. Everything else is 4K HDR, so I'm good. Dolby Vision, good. And as a matter of fact, I was able to compare it against the um, Fire Stick 4K, which I really like. And the comparisons between being able to get Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision at the same time across the, all of those um, streaming devices, still the best is Apple. It's only when it does it all consistently across everything. But you go, okay, I don't get 4K YouTube. So you can either take that with a grain of salt and say, well, I don't watch a lot of YouTube's, YouTube channels that have 4K or that even matters. But if, they, if the problem is now going to be, well, we're going to start seeing that across other platforms where now that thing is not going to work. Apple's going to have to figure this out because I'm tired of not getting my 4K and my 4K. Ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely one of those things where it's like you have these two companies fighting basically with, with different standards and what they want to adopt. And they're both so big that they, they think one is going to bend first to, to their needs. And uh, there's been no progress on this for, for multiple fronts. So you could say it's Google's fault, but when everyone else does it, except for Apple, it's Apple's fault. You need to fall in line with what everyone else is doing. Sorry. That's a, that's a live stream comment. If you're listening on the audio podcast, you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> there was a comment in the live stream. Uh, there's also a question, you know, if game consoles can do it in 4k, the thing I saw was that the Xbox one will have, um, options to watch the stream, the Super Bowl. I'm unsure if it's in 4k. I think so, but I'm unsure. What did, what did, uh, Renee Richie do a video about recently? I think the, uh, the whole fight between uh, Google and Apple regarding different uh, codec standards. What do you uh, say? I haven't. I haven't watched it. I don't know. Uh, I've I've heard him talk about it in the past, and I believe. I, I hope I don't get this wrong. I don't want to put words in Renee's mouth. Um, but you know, I, I think he basically you know kind of takes a side in between. But um, I believe there's also like a future codec they're working on that both Apple and Google are on board with. So. Mm. I think like, <laughs> I guess like we're just going to wait for that to come out before any of this is I mean, resolved. But that's annoying. Like uh, Apple, Apple actually is sitting on the best set top box for 4k and HDR content. It is. I mean, I have all of them that do 4k. I have Dolby vision and Dolby Atmos here in yes. my living room and in my theater. So I can test it all. If you want to highlight and the only one that can Scott's comment, oh, uh, he, it's Scott's basically what I said. Away. Renee said they're both to blame, but a new codec is coming <clears throat> that they both agree on. Good. So. So I okay. guess we're just waiting for that codec to roll out and then, and then okay. all of our well, problems will be, be solved. 
I'm going to have to buy the Apple 4K2 or something. They're going to make me pay another $200. I know they are. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I love um, the Amazon inter interface and the way it works with all my Echoes and everything. But the interface on the uh, Fire TV, or sorry, the Apple TV is so good. And everything that works about it is so good. And the support by all the other apps is so good that it is my primary live streaming piece of hardware um, for everything. Even though I do, you know, I am missing 4K on YouTube. I, I, I just make that exchange and I go, I'm getting 4K uh, Dolby Vision on everything else. I'm watching The Mandalorian in, in you know, 4K uh, Dolby Vision. I always check just to make sure is it actually coming out, of, you know. So it does it consistently. The Fire Stick, when I tested it, you had to force, it was weird. If you forced it in 4K 60, you got HDR on YouTube, which is one of the only streaming sticks I know of that actually does 4K HDR on YouTube. However, you lost Dolby Vision support for some unknown reason. And then when you let it go to auto, then you lose 4K HDR support in YouTube, but you get Dolby Vision in some of the other apps. So it, the, the only product that's out there that I have found that reliably will do Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision support is the uh, Apple 4K. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I like my Apple TV a lot. Um, I don't watch much YouTube on it, so it's never really like affected me. Like every All the content that I watch on it is from sources that can do 4K HDR. Uh, no problems mm -hmm. like HBO, uh, Apple TV's new streaming service, Disney Plus, like you mentioned. And yeah, uh, the, the interface, how smooth it is. It's it's a lot of money for a streaming box. I understand that. But yeah, it's yeah. I think it's by far the best experience I've used on anything. And I think that my uh, TV has a Roku built inside of it. Uh, it's just mm. not as smooth when it's built in. You could, but I can watch 4K YouTube on it, despite it not being as smooth of a process. If I ever need it to watch 4K YouTube, it's kind of, you know... Travis has a really good point that you, you, you should really try and do what's best for your consumers. I, I, I admit I don't really know too much about Codex. I don't know if there's like a downside to supporting it. I would guess not on Apple TV. I could see Apple going like on mobile, maybe going this thing like sucks battery life. We don't want to support it. It's going to be a bad uh, technology for our consumers. But on the Apple TV, mm. there's really no excuse for that because it's, it's plugged into a you know power outlet it, there's no battery so so i've no yeah. i know apple's made decisions like that in the past to to get to not support technologies based on battery life that's that's that was their main argument against flash it sucks battery yeah. and and the world is better off without flash players i'll, I'll tell you that you know <laughs> like i think apple was right in that decision and that that's a decision that made a lot of people mad at the time when they didn't support mm -hmm. flash on ios um but again yeah i i guess it much must, must just be something that's like baked into ios at this point and would re probably require too much effort for them to support the code i i, I don't know <laughs> that that's what i would like to think in a way because mm. if, if there's just like a, a switch they could flip and it's done like like why not do it why not do it i mean genosis says about licensing licensing but you have to license dolby so i mean it's not like they're not already doing that there's I mean, it just could be that it's Apple yeah. and it's Apple and, and Google and it's like Pepsi and Coke trying to come to some type of agreement. I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and if, if they're if, you know, if they're both supporting a new codec, I, I guess that's like Apple to, you know, not make a compromise and just look towards the future. But <laughs> right right now, it's it's a bad experience for, for consumers. Yeah, it, it stinks that the that the 4K Apple TV you're paying, you're paying a lot of money for that set top box. It is a really good mm -hmm. experience, but. If it can't play 4K, it's it's called the Apple TV 4K. It should be able right. to play 4K every for everything. And you know, Apple makes a lot of money to again. It's 
I would like to see their argument against it, but these these aren't arguments like we see. So I I really no. can't speak to it. I would I would like Apple to support 4K YouTube though. And for anyone who's out there that's like, well, what you know, which one should I buy? I would say <clears throat> for most people, either the the Fire Stick or the Roku version of that, their their little stick thing would be like the number one thing for people that are just want something to be able to stream easily to. Number two, if you want something that's just kind of an all around beast that can do a lot of things, um, but you like like uh, you want like Ethernet in and stuff like that, it would be like the Roku Premiere. Uh, then it goes to like the um, the Fire Stick 4K or the um, Fire Cube would be the next one up because it covers a lot of the different. Um, a price range is great and B like the 4k and HDR supports awesome. However, if you want like the Cadillac, you want like the number one of everything, it's the Apple 4k. Um, and that has not changed over the last couple of years. I expected, uh, Amazon to kind of move in front. And I thought they did with the fire stick 4k. But then when I, like I said, when I actually played around with it and found that there were some limitations to it, Apple, it, it's still the Apple. Yeah. It is and, what I, it is. and I've put some, uh, fire sticks on like secondary TVs, uh, before, and I just never found like the experience to be that smooth. And it's like, yeah, like like the Apple TV is like so nice. Um, yeah. uh, another another point is if you have a lot of Apple devices and like you like oh. to, like AirPlay and stuff like that. Oh, so awesome. It's, yeah, it's great. It's, and music too. Like if you have like a nice pair of speakers on your TV, you're like listening to music. Um, they've done a lot of uh, Siri integration. I, I try not to use the trigger word. Uh, you can actually like like I have like a HomePod now, and I like mm. they, they did like an update, and I was like. I have like I have like things grouped in rooms, so I said turn on the mm. office, and my Apple TV turned on because it was in that group, and I was like, wait, what? And then like you could tell it to like turn off your Apple TV now. You could do this on the phone as well, and I was like, that's cool. oh, this is kind of this is great. <laughs> like it, it so, happened completely on accident, just because it was in the grouping. But then I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. I could just tell it to like turn it off at any time or turn it on, and then I can have it. Uh, play like music directly to there through like Apple Music. So there's definitely a lot of, no, well, no doubt, a lot of advantages to being in the Apple ecosystem. <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned Siri because we released this, the audio version of this podcast on Monday. So we're live streaming now on Sunday. So when I say this for people on Sunday, they're gonna have to wait until tomorrow. But everyone else, uh, I'm releasing a video today if you're on audio, tomorrow if you're here in the live stream about Siri specifically, as a matter of fact. I'm actually kind of excited about it because um, despite the fact that someone like Mr. Who's the Boss or something can make it look a lot better, like the actual format of it, I think the subject is really interesting. So I'm actually kind of excited to see what people think of it. I hope people like it. It's basically, does Siri still suck? The premise is that when it first came out um, and the way humans kind of operate is uh, we, we have an interaction with something, especially when it comes to technology the first time. If it's a good interaction, then we're willing to kind of look over things. But if our first couple of interactions are bad, we are just convinced that it will always be bad, even though something like Siri, which is software, can continually get good over years. And Siri was announced with the 4S, which was what, 2011, 2012? Uh, 4S, 4S would have been- 2012? 2011? 2011? Because 2010 was the four, right? So it might've been 2011? Yeah. Regardless, we're talking about at least like nine I think years. Twenty twelve, though. Hold on. Twenty twelve. Well, okay. Me, well, we're at least looking at seven or seven or eight years of of an opportunity no, to right, improve. So the question is, okay, twenty twelve. So the 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 premise of the video is, is it any better eight years later? So I'm I'm actually at one point, and I'll I'm going. I had to take this part out because after I researched it more, it became more confusing. But I actually had a point where it looked like Siri answered a question wrong, which was 
oh, I was so excited when it happened. I started, I actually re-recorded, I recorded an entire new section for it. I was in the editing, going over the questions and the answers. And when I Googled the answer, it had a completely different answer than what Siri gave. And then I asked Alexa and Alexa said the same thing. And I'm like, oh, oh, I have the opening for this video. It's gonna be so amazing that I got it wrong. Then I looked into it and it's just plain confusing. So here, the question is this, and it's a, you know, it's a basic question. What planet is closest to the earth? So this apparently is a lot more complicated <laughs> than you might think. I didn't know this would be a complicated question. It just seems like a general question. Something you might see on a game show. Apparently it's a complicated question. Um, so Siri actually gave two answers depending on how I asked the question, which made it even more confusing. Cause she said Venus and at one time and then Mercury another time, and then showed different cards. <clears throat> and um, I'll even ask like, Alexa, what's the closest planet to the earth? So let's see, I forget, I think she says Mercury. Oh, so now it says Venus. So she says Venus and Google, I think agreed. Siri did not. However, when I asked Siri the same question like a second time, she changed her answer. I'm like, wait, what? Then I asked it again. She went back to the first answer. I'm like, what's going on? So I'm like, she's wrong one of these times, right? And then I started searching on, on YouTube and on the, on, not YouTube, I started searching online and it, there's like this whole thing about, there's like a fight about like, which one is actually closer. I'm like, I don't want to be in the middle of that. <laughs> so I just decided to edit that entire section out. So you're getting behind the scenes of what I was super excited about being in that video. And there's I, not I a just didn't even mark it answer wrong. of what planet is closest to us. Because here's the thing at certain times of year, one is closer than the other. Right. But when you ask like, which is closer right now, there's even an entire, I've read an entire article where a guy was like, even when that moment happens, it's still not closest overall. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> that comment section would get so, I would get so many uh, science nerds in the comment section saying irrelevant stuff that I'm like, I don't want that. So I just removed it. Wow. It's crazy. I didn't, yeah. I didn't. So know ask that. your That's Google, crazy. everyone who's listening, ask your Google, ask any assistant you have, and you can ask two different questions of the same, what you might think is the same thing. Which planet is closest to the earth now and which planet is closest to the earth? Those might seem like the same question, but apparently they're not. <laughs> it's so confusing. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I was excited about that. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And, um, we've talked about this before about how, um, Siri gets like a really bad rap and, uh, sometimes I don't think it's necessarily deserved. Uh, I think Google mm -hmm. is definitely the clear winner out of all of yeah. these services. I've used them all. Uh, Google for me uh, usually gets it right the most, or it usually gives me the answer I want and like in the way I want it. Um, I have had a lot of trouble with, you know, the Amazon Echo. I I, <laughs> I pause because I don't want to say the name. I've had a lot of trouble mm -hmm. with the Amazon Echo uh, giving me uh, information, delivering it the way I want it to. And things that it shouldn't get wrong, like my alarms in the morning, where I say, hey, turn off all my alarms. I like to set multiple alarms. I have a really hard time waking up in the morning. So I, I set multiple alarms. So, mm. you know, the first alarm gets up and I wake up and I'm like, you know, turn off all, turn off all my alarms. Uh, you, you don't have any alarms set. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, go, go about my day. And like 30 minutes later, I hear my alarm go off. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and I go. Okay, turn off, turn off the alarm. Turns off the alarm. Then I, then I, then I say it back like, turn off all alarms, and it goes, "Do you want to turn off this alarm?" And I go, "No, turn off all the alarms." And it like, it, it like just doesn't do it. And I, I had to do it like individually. And the worst part is, it wasn't consistent. 
So there would be days where I'd say, turn turn them all off, and no problem. Yeah, I'll turn them all off. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where it just wouldn't do, and I would have that problem to the point where I, I used to have an Echo Show, and it, mm-hmm. it started frustrating me so much that I replaced it with with a Google, or, or now they're called Nest the Nest thing. Hubs. I replaced it with yeah. a Nest Hub. And, and like I haven't had any issues with that so far. But I also have mm. um, HomePods as well. And that's that's a thing where I, all, I can set an alarm on my HomePod, and I've never had it do that to me. So I've I've had some mm. like really like frustrating experiences with the Amazon Echo. And back in the day, there used to be this really big competitive advantage to the Amazon Echo when it first came out. And a lot of mm-hmm. people said it was much more reliable than Siri, which was true. But a mm-hmm. big reason for that was because it had a stable internet home connection at all times. It wasn't mm-hmm. on a cellular network. Uh, my most frustrating time using Siri is when I'm not home. If I'm outside and I'm on like a weak cell connection, there is nothing more frustrating when it tells you, wait a second. You ask it something, <laughs> and it goes, wait a second. And then it, and then you just get so frustrated because you want that information or you want something to happen immediately. And then the worst part is, is when it takes like a minute for that request to go through and it just can't do it. And it's like, sorry, oh. I couldn't do it. And it is it is the most frustrating experience. You want to throw your phone right on the ground. You want to never use it again. You will. And this is me, someone who like who like likes to experiment with this stuff. And I would I like it makes me not want to use it ever again. The minute it gets something wrong, it is so frustrating. And that is something I still have to experience on my Apple Watch. Not so much the phone anymore. It's gotten to a point on the phone where I usually have pretty stable cellular connection or I'm at my on my home network, and it's not too um, bad. But I think the Apple Watch, the the cell connection in the, in them today is still not mm-hmm. as strong as like a phone connection, or it doesn't send out as much power as a phone connection might, because to conserve like battery life, and like if I'm using the cellular connection and my phone's not by me, there are times where it's like, you know, find me music on Apple Music, and it's like, hold on a minute, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, oh. Oh, Travis, I feel like I need to go to anger management when that happens. I <laughs> but get it's so, so funny. upset. See, I, have, I, I don't have those problems with Alexa at all. Um, oh, shoot. There she goes again. Sorry, doesn't mean. I don't really have those problems. However, I do know that some people do, and I, I you know, I acknowledge that. Uh, Genosis says that he found Siri to be the most uh, accurate to listen to his voice. And he compares it to Google Assistant while driving in his truck. So the one thing I have found about, which is interesting, the one thing I have found about um, Alexa is that uh, she's gotten better with random knowledge over the years, so much so that I almost don't know what I can ask. So I have a Google Home Mini and then Echoes and stuff all around the house. I have one Google Home Mini in the kitchen and then Echoes everywhere else. And the kitchen is where I just ask my most questions and play music and stuff. So it's funny. I always ready to, the, over the last year, the first year I did that, I like any kind of question that had nothing to do with like setting timers or the date or the, something like that, I would go to Google. I was like, it's just not going to work. I'm like, But now, Alexa knows a lot more things that I, I did. It, I mean, it didn't know before. So now I'm actually using the mini less. But every so often, it will give the wrong answer or not, not even the wrong answer, but just not exactly what I'm looking for. So in the video, context of that, like the way an answer is given weighs heavily on the outcome of that video, which, you know, that's why I was kind of, I mean, I love the subject, the idea behind this, this video so much that I was really interested to see what would happen. I went into it not knowing because I don't use Siri regularly. So I was as surprised as anything as I was going through it when they would get things right or that one thing I thought was wrong and some other things. So my score um, will be different 
for different people because some people will think that it got a lot more right than I gave it credit for, but I do explain my kind of scoring system at the beginning. So I, I'm really excited for people to check that out. Yeah, that's definitely going to be uh, an interesting video. I'm going to, uh, I can't wait to watch that one. I want to see <clears> like, you know, how, how, how different are these services? And this is a, this is a very important thing to, to answer. And I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading the comments too, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I feel like you got some uh, fire coming either way. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. I think it'll be good. Um, it was not the conclusion that I thought I would come to. I will just say that and leave it at that. I oh, thought it was going to be the exact opposite gotta, conclusion. Got to check out Travis's <laughs> video then, because yeah, yeah. So that'll be on Monday. If you're listening to this on YouTube, it'll be tomorrow. If you're looking listening to it on audio, you probably can go it's watch out. it right after you go, listen to this podcast. Oh, go now. Well, yeah. finish the podcast first, and then go. You know, yes, I, I need my go, uh, yeah. time as well to uh, shine in the spotlight. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Oh, you have the, um, and you know, so let's talk a little bit about the, um, cause I know we were gonna talk about something else, but I do want to talk to you real quick about the iPhone SE two or the iPhone nine, whatever the heck they're going to call it. First of all, are we any, cause I watched your video from like two weeks ago, uh, where you were talking about, um, that and you know, the specs for it and everything. Yes. Uh, are we any closer to knowing which one to call it? Cause I, I have a video that I want to do this week and I want to know what to call it. <laughs> We have no idea. There, there are just two prevailing thoughts. There is the iPhone SE two, I guess, or or maybe they'll just use the SE name. Or is the or there or is the there is the iPhone nine. I don't know what is the smarter marketing move. I think iPhone nine is confusing. I feel like people would go and be like, "Wait, there's an iPhone nine. I don't want that." Uh, so yeah. I, I'm leaning more towards SE, but I've seen like other analysts say, "No, Apple's going to call it the nine. It would also make sense, though. Like th there was an eight, actually. and there was never a nine, and and they went to the ten, and that that could be the death of that old series. So it it, it does make sense in a way. I just don't think, from a marketing standpoint, Apple would want to release that because it would just be very confusing, and then yeah. people would immediately go in the store and be like, "iPhone nine? No, that's yeah. like so old. I don't want that. I want the yeah. iPhone 11. I mean, Aren't you up to iPhone eleven right now? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's so. I mean, in in the performance standpoint. Well, not even, that's not even true. I was going to say, in a performance standpoint, it makes sense, but it's not because it actually has a faster processor than the 10. So it's not even true in that way. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, it's a it's a real conundrum. I think you just go with SE2 and leave it alone because yeah, if you and, go back to 9, now you're opening up. And the SE is like a known like brand name already. Like People know what that means, so I think that's the smarter move too. And yeah, like you go in and you like want like a phone with like the latest chip and, and like they still sell the 10 R. so you're going to go in and be like, I want the... You know, like what's better, the 10R or the 9? Mm -hmm. So yeah, just call it the SC. It's a special edition, like 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 the other one was. It's it's one last shot at this hardware design, and it, and and it has all the fancy new stuff in it that you would want. So so that's that's what I'm leaning towards. So are we looking at a weird wait skip SU? When, when, uh, just okay. you know, when you tag it though, feel free to put iPhone 9 as well as iPhone yeah, SC I'm too. Yeah, I'm going there, to. There's a, I'm there's a recommendation for you. Be, use both. <laughs> yeah, I'm people, doing both. People yes. use both and people search for both. That that I can tell you. That's so. what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's what I'm definitely going to do. Okay. Um, so are we going to skip an S year? Is this going to be an iPhone 12 year rather than an iPhone 11 S? I believe so because they're going to do a new design. And if we look at, um, well, <laughs> they when um, I'm trying to think if there is a... Uh, can I point to something there? They skipped the seven S and they went to eight, but it wasn't really like right. that much of a new design. It, it kind of used the old design, but yeah, I think they'll just go right to twelve. Like I don't think it's an S year. Like it has a new design. Usually, that's um, they did the six, the six S, 
the seven, seven. and then they went to eight. So I, eight, I think it'll ten. kind of follow that trajectory. But that's because they brought the ten out the same year as the eight. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't know. I think new design you just go with like twelve. And I'm also not sure. <laughs> I I don't. I hope it's not S because I I don't want to say iPhone 11 S iPhone 11 S Pro iPhone 11 yeah. S Pro Max <laughs> S. or, or iPhone 12 S. They got to figure. Well, out. I mean, listen, uh, Apple already upsets me with like the iPad naming schemes. It just makes me want to throw them out the window, even though I love iPads. And speaking of iPads, yeah, I believe you had. It's a good. About that. that was too good of a transition. It threw me off. iPad. <laughs> to, hey, if you're if uh, if I did my job right, there will be a video out as well for me on Monday. So if you're listening to this now, uh, tomorrow there'll be a nice video out from me. Uh, if this is the audio version, it should be out. Oh, maybe not because we were releasing the AM. So uh, maybe around 11 o'clock, tune into my channel. Um, it's going to be 10 years since the original iPad was announced. And uh, wow, like Steve Jobs, like and I feel like Steve Jobs has been like gone like longer, but like he hasn't been like. He was alive mm. when that happened, and uh, I was like rewatching the um, the keynote when he announces it. Uh, I have Walter Isaacson's biography on Steve Jobs. I've, I was rereading the section on the iPad and the iPad Two, and like, there's so much stuff like I forgot, and like, like, like reading about Steve again and like his thoughts and stuff like that was very interesting. I almost like wonder how, like, if he was still alive today, how how he would um, how he would deal with like this like world that has changed so much since 10 years ago but um yeah. yeah 10 years the ipad uh was released i think it's one of the like um i think i think it was one of the most groundbreaking products of the decade um it's changed a lot since then too like there's been so much that's changed about it um the the philosophy that uh steve jobs had for that product kind of isn't there anymore in a way um, mm. he wanted this product that you could just easily pick up at all times and just start surfing the web, do whatever you need to do with it, read a book, kind of have this like device that could be multiple things at once. And the idea was that it was always open. It was always ready to be used. And it's kind of interesting when you look 10 years now into the future where we have these iPad pros that we love. And aside yeah. from them just being sleeker and, you know, faster, way faster than the original iPad, uh, the the thinking behind it has slowly changed to where my my iPad Pro has a keyboard cover on it. It's not mm -hmm. it's not the immediate device that it was, where it's just open and, and you pick it up and it's right there, ready to use, and and you do something on it. You go sit down on the couch. You, you have this full like touch screen in front of you to use. Now there's like accessories that attach to it, and it's um one of one of one of the struggles in in that Isaacson book is um. Steve Jobs was very upset about the initial reaction to the iPad. He, um, he was upset that so many people didn't see how it could be creative. And, and most people just said, well, it's a bigger phone and you can watch movies on it. And, and you know, it's for consumption, not for, for creativity. And one of his focuses with the iPad 2 was to be m a more capable device to, to lead into that creative side because part of Apple's branding has always been about people who can create stuff. And it's, it's interesting to see how the iPads kind of evolved because I think, I think even during Jobs' lifetime, it, it was never really seen as that creation device. It was always seen as that consumption device thing. You know, you get the tablet and it's a great thing to watch your movies on or browse the web on. 
But I think the pro models have really ushered in this era of creativity on the iPad Pro where we haven't seen that before. And that's and that is due to the accessories like the like the keyboards and like the Apple pencil. Um my fiance does like art on her iPad and it's like, it really is like such a creative device for like so many people. Travis, and it's his videos on the iPad. I'm sure use an Apple pencil and stuff like that to do that, to be more precise. And, and it's, it was very interesting for me to like revisit that original philosophy and kind of see how it's changed. And, and uh, me in my head, I'm trying to think like how Steve Jobs would react to that. But Steve Jobs is also like a person that changed his mind so many times that I think he would eventually have saw like a different path for the iPad than he initially envisioned it. And I draw that to the app store. When the, when the iPhone came out, Steve Jobs was very against the idea of having an app store on that device. He thought it would lead to like all, all these bad things happening, like viruses, just making their way into the iPhone. And he, he was fighting tooth and nail to not have an app store, but people in the company were smarter than him. And they saw this huge potential to have this store where people could develop different applications and, and really unleash the power of this phone and really unleash new services there. So he was overruled on that decision. And I think, I think, I don't think anyone can argue against the success of the app store today. And even as the app store was launched, it was something that Steve jobs like turned completely around on it. And even, even he was ushering in how impressive it was that the iPhone and iPad had like a hundred thousand apps on it. You know, like even he was like, look how many apps we have and Android tablets only have a hundred apps. So <laughs> And the Android yeah. tablets largely don't exist anymore. Um, yeah. A real quick shout out to Justin Brown watching. Hey, Justin, welcome, welcome to the show. Yeah, I mean, Justin, would be cool to have on the on the channel. Okay. Uh, he's awesome. got a really really nice channel with a bunch of tech stuff. So maybe we should invite him on for an interview at some point. Sure. But I agree with you. Um, I when I, I've had every iPad since the iPad two, um, and uh, well, not every, but almost. I've always had an iPad since the iPad two, uh, and they always were. I put my phone down when I come home and I use my iPad for everything else, except for the pro. Once I got the pro it became an actual workstation. Mm -hmm. So that is what I edit my, my, all my videos on. So now I, it, it in my mind, it's something different now. So it's not my casual using device. It is my workstation. So, you know, if I go back to getting a casual, I probably get like a mini or something like that, but the minis are so infrequently updated that I, I might as well just go with an air or, or, you know, the other one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's there's definitely this uh, change of thinking on it, and um, you know, using an iPad as a as a computer, like we've said multiple times on this podcast, it's something that most people can do now. Like, it's really not that big of a deal as it used to be, and, and there really aren't like that many fights to be had. Anyway, uh, we're running long here, so I want to wrap up my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, oh I, my gosh, I, yes, <laughs> iPad One. I've never owned an iPad One before. This is my first experience with yeah. it, and it's kind of weird because. It is stripped in so many ways because like if you go on the app store, like you can't download anything like you can like view <laughs> stuff. Like I see like these modern apps like Procreate's on there and it's like you go to download it. Number one, you can't even sign on to iCloud. It sends you like I have a two step verification on. It goes, oh, you need to use two step verification. And the thing never pops up on the original iPad. You, you can't even do it. Uh, the original YouTube app is on there. It was pre bundled. That's like when Google and Apple used to get along. It's yeah. pre-bundled on there. It uses like the old, like an old school television as its app icon. And you can go on. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. You can go on that YouTube app and I can see everything that's on the featured page and I can actually watch it on the iPad, which I was like, I didn't even think this would work. <laughs> the funny part is though, I can't search for anything. 
Oh. A minute I go to search something, it doesn't work. And I was like, oh man. But it's kind of, like it's funny. Like it like it still works. And uh, the the whole like design language, like the skeomorphism design, where everything was like made to look like something. Like if you open like the notes app, it just looks like a yellow legal notepad. Um, yeah. If you open the calendar app, it just looks like a like a, like a calendar. It has like leather texture and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of people don't like that today. A lot of people are all about flat, clean, modern design. And mm-hmm. uh, but I I've read interviews with people who developed the skeomorphism for Apple, and the reason they did that was to make it really simple for people to use because these were like real world examples. Like you, op- you open up the notes app. Oh, it's a legal yellow pad. Okay. You open up the calendar. Oh, this. And uh, there was a story, I think in the Isaacson book where someone like had like an original iPad and they brought it to some like third world country where like, there was like, like very little technology and they gave it to like, like, an, like, um, like this like five-year-old boy who's like never like had like any sort of technology in his life they gave him the ipad and he immediately knew how to use it that's how good like the ui design was for it it just made everything translated so well to real world use to like if you're on like the books app how do you turn a page you just slide your finger and the page turns with you there was yep. like yep. and and you you take that for granted today because everything almost does that but yeah, it really was like this really great design back then. Well, I know we're running way over, so we're going to have to scoodaddle. But Wait. yeah, the iPad. Oh, finish what, that thought. What I have one more thing before you go. But finish yeah, your go thought. Ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, for me, iPad has been something that I've, I've owned and will probably own until they stop making them. I, I love it as a, as a hardware, uh, you know, a device that I, I don't know. I just love the iPad. I think it's great. I, I love the iPad too. Uh, I'm less iPad centric than Travis. I am interested though that, I mean, we're talking about 10 years later, this, this, this like last year was the first year where the iPad got an OS that has its name on it, iPad OS. So down the line, Mm. it's going to be interesting to see if they can separate that a little more from, from the legacy of iPhone and iOS. Uh, because mm. you know they they took a crack at it trying to give us more iPad specific features, and I think they did a good job for the first time on iPad OS. There's still a lot of things I want to see them change with it, though. Um, so real quick, I want to tell a story on the podcast. Yeah. So Go I got a lock. I got a, a lock. Oh. <laughs> I want okay. to talk about this. Now this is mainly for the YouTube audience, right? Because the the audio audience isn't going to understand what's going on, right? Go on my uh, at Gregory McFadden. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, follow me. I need more followers. <laughs> you could see my little uh, clip. I got I got a padlock. I, I'm planning to go to the gym, maybe lift some weights. I want it like a nice padlock for for a gym locker. I don't like combinations. Like I, I'm bad at that stuff. I'm, I'm bad with like twiddling with small things. I don't want to get that. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, they have fingerprint uh, sensors for for like these locks. Awesome. Like, does this work? I want to get that. So I buy this yeah. lock on Amazon. It's like 20 bucks, whatever, like some Chinese companies like pumping these out. Um, and I get it and I register my thumbprint on it and it unlocks with my thumb. I'm like, oh, cool. Perfect solution yeah. for me. I'm happy. Yeah. I, I thought it was cool. So I posted on Twitter. Awesome. Initial initial people that follow me are like, oh, that looks awesome. I want one. Then, then some guy is like, oh, did lock picking lawyer see this? I'm like, lock lock picking lawyer? Uh-huh. What what's a lock picking <clears throat> lawyer? 
Apparently, there's this guy on YouTube who has like a million subscribers, and his oh. channel is dedicated to lock picking and like showing you like how to get into locks. Anyway, okay. long story short, this guy like this million subscriber YouTube channel like replies to me like with like a picture of like this like lock like cut in half. He goes, "Does that answer your question? Like how like bad this lock is?" No, it doesn't, Mr. Lockpick Lawyer. I went on your channel to look for a good uh, padlock after after this embarrassment I suffered. Travis, every video ends with him going, I do not recommend this padlock. It is easy to get into. Of course, he's able to get through all of them. He gets into every padlock, and his recommendations <laughs> go, this is easy to get into. This is easy well, to so get into. So what was the problem with... What was the problem with yours? Could it be faked? Could the fingerprint be faked? Or no, just, like, whatever. it was like a brute force attack. Like, it was easy to cut open. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're at, like, LA Fitness, is someone in there with a damn saw while other guys exactly. are naked and walking around Exactly. I junk? just need it Come to... On. And, listen, I didn't even I didn't even expect this to be the most secure thing in the world. I just wanted it to be enough of a deterrent that some, like, kid doesn't, like open the locker and like throw yeah. my clothes on the floor. That's it. I mean, come it's, on. it's not highly secure. I'm not storing anything in there. I'm just storing like this shirt in here. I'm going to put my, this shirt in here. If you want to go through the effort and take my shirt, have it. It's yours. Cause you would have got it anyway. You would have got it. Hashtag. Anyway. So the hashtag for this week on Twitter will be hashtag take Greg's shirt. So if you are listening to the podcast during the week, or if you're here on YouTube, hashtag take Greg's shirt. To let us know you and, were and here. Um, I'm in this world of lock picking now where like these like people are like commenting on my tweet and they're like, ha, LOL, what an idiot. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I, I just I just wanted a simple lock. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I just it just needs to be a big enough deterrent that s some kid doesn't open my locker. That's it. That's it. this locker's taken. That, that's all I need. Bruh, people out there are just crapping on people's fun. I'll tell you. All right, Greg, well, no more locks for you. Uh, for everyone else, we definitely thank you for joining us. Uh, show notes will have links to various shenanigans. Uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure you check out the audio podcast and give us a um, uh, give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I actually went around. There's other podcast things like you know Stitcher and stuff are on. You can rate us there too. Rate us oh, everywhere, really. Yeah, to be honest, doing the research. rate us all the places. Um, and if you like this, uh, if you like this podcast, you know, give us a thumbs up everywhere you can do that. So we appreciate you for swinging on by. So everyone on the audio podcast, we'll see you next time. Everyone in the live stream, hang tight for just a real quick little post thing. That's right. If you're listening to us during the week, you're missing out on some of the shenanigans that happen afterwards. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm Travis. He's Greg. We're the Gadgetcast. We'll see you next time.